What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hi, and welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. Are you ready to get out of delusion and illusion and claim the truth of your commitment to saying yes to spirit? No, me neither. <laughs> what? What if I don't know I'm in a delusion? What if I'm believing my delusion? That's yeah, uh, that's Friday. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, every <laughs> week we have a theme, and the theme this week is awakening. And uh, who knows where we'll go with that? Oh. What it means to say yes to spirit? How do you know when you're awakened? How do you get to an awakening? We'll see what happens. <laughs> We have all the answers to those questions. That's exciting. I'm glad I came. Good. Me too. <laughs> but first, Tracy, first, first what do we do? First what do we do? <laughs> we, oh, we connect the dots. We connect the dots. Leslie's favorite thing. You know, there is sort of a deeper meaning to this connect the dots. We, I know Tracy likes to make fun of it, but... Um, it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a powerful kind of reminder. Thing. Everything is, and it came, it came about trying to connect last week's topic, this week's topic, and I do love doing that. But it really is kind of a, and a reminder that everything is connected. And I tend to be very silo in my thinking. Isn't that a powerful word? Oh, silo thinking. That's why you love this Ah, so much. see, now we feel better about it. Maybe, maybe whatever. not. <laughs> did she just say whatever? I That's did. like a whatever. Did she just whatever. <laughs> okay, so last well, week we talked about manifestation. <laughs> I think it's more fun if you build up to it. Anyway, last week we talked about manifestation. Yeah. And the idea of connecting that to awakening is incredibly easy because if I am awakened, then I am in pure manifestation. Actually, that's, I'm always manifesting, aren't I, regardless? Yes, yeah, I caught myself. Aren't you proud? Very. Uh, is the teacher proud? There you go. So uh, I'm always manifesting, but if I'm in an awakened state, then most likely we could assume that I'm manifesting that which is in connection to my highest good. There we go. That's it. So if I'm awakened, then I'm aware, and I get to make choices about what I'm co-creating and manifesting versus just being an automatic pilot and creating by default. We're full of very interesting kind of metaphor. Your little intro this morning is very kind of awakening in itself. So, and you use the word, did you use the word destiny? I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right, that's all I got for awakening. For, uh, okay, so we'll take a little break, <laughs> one minute, and uh, stretch, get some tea, something to drink, and uh, we'll be right back. Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie, and we're so glad you've joined us. This week our theme is Awakening, 
And um, who knows where we'll go with that? You know, what is awakening or what does it mean to be awakened? How do you know when you are awakening, in the process of awakening? And uh, Or how do you get to that place of awakening? Yeah, how do you get there and how do you know when you're there? <laughs> but we should probably just start off with what are we, what are we talking about mm. when we say, when we use the term someone is awake, I am awakened or I am awakening. What do you, what do you mean, Tracy, when you say that? Well, I phrased it that way so you could start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I, when I am awakened, um... Let's think. When I am awakened, I I know what I know. When I am not awakened, I am unaware that I know what I know. Now, that was really deep. I think we should write that down, perhaps make a book. But it, it really is that that sort of simple, but that sort of profound. Because it's a knowing, it's, and I like to use the word it's a remembering, um, because I do believe that the truth of who I am, God expressing as me, that the awakened state is when I'm fully aware of that fact, that God is expressing as me. Cynthia James, who is a minister at CSL in Colorado somewhere? At the Mile High Church. At the Mile High Church. That sounds exciting. The Mile High Church was a guest speaker at CSL Dallas recently, and she talked about you know, how life would be different if we all fully believed, practiced, and lived with the knowing, with the awakening that we are God expressing. How how things would absolutely shift in the entire world and certainly in our little inner world. So, so for me, being awakened is knowing that truth, that I am literally an expression of God. Not some sort of metaphor for that, not some sort of child of, not some sort of if I do the right thing, I can get to be someday, maybe if I work real hard, you know, that I am literally the same thing, a drop of water like the ocean, I am God expressing. That's a that's an awakened state. And I, uh, you know, absolutely have had moments like that and have had more and more recently. But, um, you know, they come and go. They come and go. But I'm believing they can stay. <laughs> and I can walk through that wall, baby girl. And they will. Uh-huh. They will. So, you know, it's interesting because I'm listening and going, okay, do I think there's a difference between awakening and awakened? Ah. Because you are gravitating toward the form awakened, mm-hmm. which for me feels on the surface like past tense. Although you talk about it as uh-huh. good point, yeah, I'm well, yeah, as past tense, I'm awakened, and therefore I do these things this way, right? Like it's a destination, and you got there, and then you do things as a result of that. And I think I, the reason I noticed it was because it made me ask the question: Is there a difference between awakening? Mm-hmm. And I guess I would lean more toward awakening being an ongoing, all the time happening. Mm -hmm. I'm always awakening to a greater sense of of my connection with spirit and my guidance from spirit that I can never look back on it. Although, so um, so the other thing that comes to mind for me is the phrase that, you know, we read a lot about. Um, have you had a, or looked to have a spiritual awakening? And so that, that opposite of if you're not awake, you're asleep. Mm-hmm. And so you're walking around, you're sleepwalking. Right. Just kind of doing your thing without being aware of your connection. So I agree a hundred percent with what you said that it is that point. It is the reflection of of being awake to the connection with spirit, that inseparable connection with spirit, and allowing that to guide you and to be um, your basis 
for the things that you do in conscious form. And, you know, it's interesting when you said about, you know, always awakening, and I know this will not surprise you, but I tend to think very kind of black and white, right or wrong. <laughs> Slightly extreme. But um, I... Either awakened or you're not. Wait, that's what I'm about to say. Don't take my glory. Yes, yes. Okay, you rewind know. the tape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I experience, let me just say from my experience, I think I experience life is I am either in a state of awakened or I am pretty much dead asleep. And I I don't think I I don't think I have a lot of middle ground. That's probably hard to be around, isn't it? But you know, I, I do I do, I do. As I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking because I, I agree that life is a learning curve. I believe that I'm always kind of going up or down the spiral, or up or down, or taking more layers off the onion. All the different metaphors we use for that, I think all of that is true. But I think moment to moment, I'm how I experience life. I'm either on or off, and God help you if I'm off, because you know I can really go to sleep. I can really forget. But I, but I think I'm, when I'm not forgetting, I'm fully on. I'm fully awake. That's an interesting idea. I don't think there's any like lukewarm awakeness. <laughs> like I'm, like I'm, hitting, you know, I don't like, like I'm in that phase of hitting the snooze button where you're sort of awake but you're sort of still asleep and you're kind of aware of both worlds. Yeah, no. See, I don't think I, I don't, yeah. So do you think you can be sort of? No, I think you can be awake and always awakening to a a deeper or a larger expression of that. So I I believe that each one of us awakens to the level of our understanding. And then we operate at that level consistently. Mm. And that awakens us to a broader, bigger perspective. And so we're always awakening to the next expression, the Mm -hmm. next deepest or the next broadest or the next most powerful expression of spirit in, as, and through us. And so for me that's different than the visual that I get when I'm awake and then I kind of relapse into being a police. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's like, I think that's kind of the difference. Because I don't, I, and I don't deny that there are times when my behavior, when I act as if, or I act, my actions reveal that I have forgotten who I really am. Right. You know, I have forgotten that I am a child of God. I have forgotten that the universe is, you know, mine to create and to, you know, to create what I want within. Um, but even when I am not forgetting and I am consciously, you know, doing my spiritual practice and and living in the world from a place of love and growth and expansion, that whatever level of awakening I have enjoyed, that it's living at that level opens the door to the next level. You know how... People play their video games, right? And you want to score, and you do really well, and then it opens the door to the next level. Right. Which may seem more challenging because there are new things you have to figure out or how to integrate it, but then you you are constantly aware of that, mm-hmm. and then you get all your points at that level, and you open up to the next level. And so I kind of see awakening like that, that we are always awakening to the more. Not that there is an an awakening, a single expression of awakening. And if you're not doing that, you're asleep. So I'm really pondering this. I know. I can see your look. She has her pondering (laughs) face on. If we could only have cameras. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm trying, I wish I could remember what the awakened state felt like 30 years ago when I first started. Yes, for me. Thank you. Yes, for me. When I first started playing around with the idea of all of this and, you know, through the 12-step programs is how I kind of, I guess, first entered the idea of awakenedness. Um, 
And so I'm trying to remember if it was different, if it's different levels, because I think, I think, I don't want to fully commit to it, but I think I kind of believe that it's that it is all, <laughs> it is all or nothing. That, would that be an absolutist? Would that be that we, you know, we're either operating in it or we're 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 working. I can see the working towards it as a, you know. Well, I think method. you're always operating at your highest level of understanding and and ability. But that grows well, that, as you build. It's like otherwise, for me, from my perspective, <laughs> all of the spiritual practice is not so much to get you to a single destination, but it is to operate in your life right here and right now at your your best understanding. But once you really understand where you are now, then you will be able to understand something bigger. Like you can't go from, I don't believe you can go from knowing nothing, absolutely nothing, to knowing everything in a breath. And I'm anticipating that you're going to pull out the Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. I could just dismiss that and say, well, he's an exception, but I really don't think There's that no he is. There's no exceptions. There can't you know. be an exception. Um, Eckhart Tolle had a lot of, and Neil Donald Walsh is, a, is another great example. He had a lot of experience of what he didn't want and what he believed was possible. He just didn't know mm. how to get there. Mm. You know, Eckhart Tolle was in a tremendous amount of pain. Right. Saying this isn't, I know this is not what life is supposed to be. Basically implying life should be something else. So I don't think it's always just the, um, you know, I think what's, what's the exception with not so much Neil Donald Walsh but with Eckhart Tolle as far as we know uh, since there have not been any scandals <laughs> reported. Um, we can assume that they are well, authentic. Um, well, you know, I do have an opinion about that, but let me make this point first. <laughs> so, Let's go ahead and say your opinion. You're on the radio, Tracy. <laughs> that um, it appears that the exception is not having the experience. The exception is that he has been able to maintain it in his daily practice, his life, the way he lives his life. Right. Um, and that's what happens because, like you said, you know, a long time ago, you may have had an experience that felt like a spiritual awakening, but then you went back to the way you, what you had been doing before. Right. And so I think that that is more typical in the human experience, that we go back to what we're comfortable with or what we know. But his knowing was so complete, and he didn't question it. Right. And he wasn't around people who questioned it. Oh. And so he... There you go. So it's your fault that I'm not awakening. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I'm not agreeing with that. I'm not even considering that. I take absolutely no responsibility <laughs> For your behavior <laughs> at any point. So, 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 so they're not an exception. So they would be a a possibility of what can yeah, be. Jesus was not an exception. He was an example. There we go. There we go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. So but see, the, this, the, too can, the this too can be me. The interesting thing that went through my mind with Edgar Tolley versus Neil Donald Walsh is, you know, Neil Donald Walsh. You know, wrote conversations with God and clearly gets it. And, you know, I've probably heard him speak a dozen times mm-hmm. live since the conversations with God books and, you know, in the movie and all of that. Well, what seems to be really different between Neil Donald Walsh and Eckhart Tolle is Eckhart Tolle, after he had his experience, he pretty much, as far as I know, as far as kind of the public persona of him. He lives alone. He lives almost like a hermit. He doesn't engage with the world. So, you know. He was on Oprah, so serious. 
Yeah. I mean, he doesn't engage <laughs> I don't know. with the I don't, world. I don't have a clue. He, he doesn't engage with the oh, he world. He, he will come and speak. Yes. And then he goes back into his his bubble, his world. He, um, you know, he's not married. He doesn't have kids. Putting my Eckhart down. He doesn't. No, no, I really <laughs> admire him. And I, and I love most of his writing. But it's, it's like then he doesn't engage in the world, so he's not facing the day-to-day challenges that most people face. Whereas Neil Donald Walsh, she wrote the book, has all the same points, and lived that, but, you know, he's been married twice, I think, since that came. You know, he got married again, and that didn't work. And, and now he's married again, and that he's been married to in Claire for a long time, unless they recently got divorced. Um, you know, and it's like applying it in day-to-day interactions. Um, he's done partnerships with a lot of other people, and some of them have worked well, and some of them have lost money, and some of them, you know, have made big impacts. So it's like the difference in at least the public persona is that he has continued, and, and he has all these kids from his previous marriages, and, you know, so he's constantly engaging in the same day-to-day trials and tribulations of, you know, quote-unquote regular people, and so he shows how to use the principle, and he talks about when it's hard for him and when he gets discouraged and how he screwed up and had to remind himself of what he really knows. And so in that way, it's a different, Way and with Eckhart Tolle, you never see him partnering with even with other spiritual leaders, except for the time that he, except for the time that he did the series, the New Earth series with Oprah, and that's the like that's the big exception, but like with other people who are ongoing spiritual leaders, he doesn't partner even with them. It's like he lives in a protected bubble so that he can maintain this state. And I don't even have a negative judgment about that. It's just it shows me two different models. And so I I have a a client who, a um, coaching client, who one day made a comment about this stuff, this spiritual stuff, would be so easy, so much easier if he could just, like, go off to a monastery or to a place, you know, in the mountains or in nature and just read and study and live it, you know, and didn't have to have a job and, a, you know, a wife and kids and neighbors and taxes and all of the stuff of day-to-day life. I, I, I remember you saying that. And... Um, and it's like, no, if we're really awakened, then there has to be a way to live in the world and live in an awakened way that it's not this remote, unattainable state. <laughs> I feel the need to defend my Eckhart. <laughs> I, I love Eckhart totally. <laughs> You know, it is it it um like who are they monks that live in um in monasteries, in monasteries and, and mm-hmm. so there's a there's a sort of there's a, a model spiritual, for that <laughs> spiritual basis for that right right no I and I think I there's a model for that and I'm not judging it I'm right. just saying there are two different models right and for those of us who live in the day to day world of relationships and work and Though, and, you know, those kind of things, we have to recognize there's more than one model. Right. Certainly. And, you know, it's interesting because, like, your client was suggesting that, you know, it would be easier. He he thought it would be easier in the other model, in the monastery model, in the Eckhart Tolle, <laughs> Eckhart Tolle model. Um, that, and I'm pondering because... I think how I how I experience awakening in this kind of level of awakeness that I'm getting a sense of now in my life is coming more from outside sources than inside sources. It's coming 
it's coming from a sense of, um, uh, of unconditional love and unconditional acceptance and joy and peace from some, from the out in, from people around in. And I believe in a strange way that that is kind of why we're here on this stage of human experience, to be that for each other. And um, so the the deepening for me, I'm my mind, I think it would be very hard for me to be in the monastery because of how my mind works. I would be my own. I need somebody on the outside reflecting back saying, here you are, there you are, you're okay, it's all right. And for whatever reason, I need a whole lot of that. Casey's <laughs> laughing. But... Um, you know, to be to be reminded of what quote unquote I already know, right? And it's um so in a strange way the world the world gives me what I need more than what I am able to give myself, I guess. At this stage. Well and and, and <laughs> well say, at this level of my video game. At this place, yes. Well and it's funny because you know, you are you are much more of the extrovert. Right. So, so I cannot imagine you like removing yourself from people. Right. Whereas, I am so deeply an introvert. You know, I I could do that, and and I am so inner directed and inner driven. I I could do that. I mean, I literally can imagine myself. You know, going anywhere and and not having human you know contact with other humans on a day to day basis you know <laughs> you know when when throughout the year when there are holiday weekends and there are three day or four days you know where I can spring together weekends yeah and I you know and somebody will say, well, what are you planning to do you know for Labor Day weekend or what are you planning to do in that week between Christmas and New Year's and I'll be like Oh, I'm so glad that, you know, people off doing all their other things. I've turned down every invitation that I've received, and I'm going to get three days, you know, in my house alone. I'm turning off the phone, you know, and people will be like, oh, that would drive me crazy. And I'm like, oh, it's heaven. Yes, we all are sad in different ways. Exactly. And so it's funny that, you know, I've... I would love that, but I would, I'm not structuring my life that way and don't really have any desire to structure my life that way or any belief that I could um, at this stage of my life. And, um, but I would love it. You know, like I, could, I could still see doing that. And, you know, the reality is I have to engage with all of you other people. Right? <laughs> So, Why do you say you like me? Like me, I would be such a joy to engage with. Like you and you and you and you and you and you. <laughs> and so, oh, so that's my spiritual practice. So mm-hmm. how how do I stay awake? How do I stay awake? How do I look for opportunities to deepen the awakening? Um, engaging with all these different kinds of people all the time. And. I keep coming back to this idea of being awake or not being awake and kind of the black and the white. And I um, I do have a sense that when when I am, she's laughing at me now. See, that's why we need a camera because you're just, you're just laughing at me. I do have a sense that, that the awakened state, living there, being there, you know, I really do. I, I do believe I can stay there. I can put the human experience sort of on a shelf, and I can be experiencing that sort of at the same time. But I'm really being awakened. I'm really living that spiritual life 24/7. And I'm wondering, what do, what do we say? God is. God is love. Is that the human term? The best human term we have to describe? Have a look. Keep with your story. <laughs> so. Um, so the idea of love, the idea of, of the awakened state being a state of a deepened love. Yes. Then looking at um, how we love in the world, how love comes to us, how we love, 
And I'm thinking of past relationships. I have um, recently thought of a couple of funny examples of people that I have chosen in the past. One, uh, one, one uh, partner that I chose in the past chose to break up with me for the first time after breaking up. We broke up four or five different times after that. But the first time on the morning of a brand new job, I was about to start a brand new job, and she chose to break. And that's kind of not very healthy, is it? Not very kind, not very loving. So, but I chose her, right? You know, that was the person I chose. And then um, I, I've i chosen several people who, and this is sort of funny to me, that when, like, you're on the phone and there's noise outside, the people that I chose to be with would get angry at me that I was around, like, you know, ambulances were going by me because I was being inconsiderate to them. Do you see this is really interesting? Isn't it? Yes, it is. Going somewhere. I trust you. I know it is. <laughs> so why I'm not saying so, anything. So that, so that idea of who I chose to love loved me in a certain way, a certain conditional, a certain, um, you know, I had to be a certain way to maybe not necessarily earn it, but to, you know, to get to the eye of the needle kind of thing of their how they perceive love, and I I engaged all in in that kind of relationship. You know, I was in the game and I I thought that was what I, that's how I thought love worked, that I had to figure it out, I had to write the right thing, I had to be in the right place, I had to say the right thing at the right time. And I'm I just glad that you were talking about this in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. See now, see, see, now I believe differently, so I should be open, right? Where's, where's that next thing? Because I believe that that unconditional love from another is really God loving through. And that if I, and that that love, that love from another will ignite, spark, create, not necessarily, no, 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 not create, but ignite or spark the love, the truth, the God within me. And that, that, that that's the most sacred and the most amazing and the most real thing. And I think it's interesting because even as a therapist and having been to Eleanor and all different kinds of things, I think in society many times we have labels to almost belittle that kind of love, codependency or, uh, you know, something. You know. So it's very different when when I'm giving 100% of myself to a person who's giving 100% of themselves and it's a concert of joy and excitement and beauty versus need or want or desperation. But the, the, the behaviors may look very similar, but I believe the the authenticity of the, the the give and the take is is how God, how love, how we are how we stay awakened, how how we awaken. That last part, that awakened part, isn't exactly as I was thinking. <laughs> but there's something about that that awakens. I think there is something about each of us and I think that's why we're here in a way, to kind of be that reminder, that a that little that little indicator and then there's that deeper sense of that one love, but in a very day-to-day basis. I'm, you know, the agape love. I'm to love that guy in the Seven Eleven, right? Yes, I right. I can awaken that that person that you know standing next to me at the uh, line at the ball game. Yes. <laughs> so, do you attribute? Do you, do you associate love and awakenness? Can you, if you're in a state of awakeness, do you think you're in a state of pure love, of pure, pure oneness with love, which is a synonym for God? She's I'm thinking. thinking. She's thinking. So, what do I think? Um, what do I forget? What I think? What do I know? Oh my goodness! If you know it, then yeah. What do you know? I know that. Living in a way that expresses or demonstrates my level of awakening. Because, again, I'm not, that's where you and I, one of the ways you and I are different. I don't see the awakening as a final destination and you're there or you're not. I see that awakening as the process versus awakened or not awakened. And so I, I do think that, um, at whatever level you are awake, awakening is always about expressing your oneness with God, that you are guided and directed 
your actions, your words are are guided and directed and in alignment with that spiritual oneness. And for me what's different is I I I do believe that you that that is a that's a living, breathing, growing, expanding state. And that you there's never a place that you can get where you are done with that awakening. Wow. That's sort of depressing. <laughs> no, because it's not actually for me it feels like something to celebrate. I'm really because interested it in is always, no matter how fully you know it, uh-huh. because you then know it at that level, you then it expands to something greater and bigger. That it's always something. It's not a. It's not a check mark, and it's not a. Oh, when you get to this point, you win a million dollars, and and it's over. It's well, it's not over. Always, it's always alive. It's always alive, and everything that is alive is always growing. See, I'm just really pondering this. I'm hoping somebody writes something on the board. Can they write things? I'm really pondering. I'm really interested in how people think about this. Not unless we open the chat box. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. But like during the week, can they? No, no. Because I'm really interested. Because I think I'm double downing. I'm double downing. I'm going all in on this idea that it that that. <laughs> That we have a language that human has created. Human, human has created a language that that there's this learning and there's this process and it gets deeper and it gets bigger and it gets better. But I think, I think it it just is. And I can just be is. No, I'm not actually disagreeing <laughs> with that. I think that I am always doing the isness, and because I am doing the isness of it. I understand it more, I live it more fully, and then I see something I could never have seen before. Right. And that becomes my isness. And because then I am, you know, ising at that vibration, <laughs> right, right. I become aware of, oh, if the concept didn't change necessarily, the concept would be the same, that I am living in oneness, I am living in a way that expresses the fullness and the wholeness and the intention of spirit, and I see more ways to do that and more ways to feed myself because I am operating at a different vibration, a different level. And I will see and understand and express it in ways that I could never have expressed it when I was at a lower vibration, even though I was completely awakened to the power and the presence of spirit. And maybe for me, it's also kind of a kind of an observer eye. Like there's a part of me when things w- completely in the flow. There's a part of me like, of course it is, of course mm-hmm. it is. And then there's another part that says, oh no, that can't. Wow, that's impossible. That can't. It can't be this good, or can't be that way, or this can't be happening, or this synchronicity isn't possible. And so maybe maybe there's a duality that's occurring that are equally. You are looking at me. It's so crazy. Well, duality is a trigger word for me. So. <laughs> duality is a trigger word for you? Wow. Why? Duality. So it makes me stop and duality. listen. That's why I was duality. like, okay, let me listen. Duality. Because I'm aware. I'm aware at both love. I'm aware at at two different... I'm, oh, I can't speak. The same thing I'm aware of in two different ways. If something, if I'm completely in the flow, if I hit all green lights, there's a part of me that goes, of course, that's exactly the way the divine design would have it, that I would hit all green lights. And there's another part of me that says, that can't possibly, that was a fluke, that was the weirdest thing, that'll never happen again. Why are you thinking that? That was just ridiculous. You know, there was some sort of mechanical dysfunction that caused all the green lights to line up. That's just not how it's meant to be. So that's a duality. There's two things going on at one time. You're just full of energy towards me. <laughs> now, what do you think, Tracy? As you're laughing, go ahead. Go ahead. Duality? Why is duality a trigger? Oh, because I know it's a trigger right now in my life because I recently um, spent eight weeks teaching the Emma Curtis Hopkins class. And Emma Curtis Hopkins, the teacher of teachers, 
just drums it in that there is no duality. She's an absolutist, isn't she? There is yes. no duality. See? Now, right. there you go. There can never be any duality See? because there is only God and there is only good. Now, that's what I was saying before. Oh, And so just like the, word, Emma. the word duality makes me go, okay, let me listen. Because it it's like yeah. this in my brain. If, uh-huh. You know, Emma goes, there is no duality. There can be no duality. Uh-huh. Um, so the experience so of duality whatever. almost means I'm unawake. There you go. Just had to throw that in. Go ahead. Because I want to be an absolutist. Please, please let me be an absolutist. You can be an absolutist. You can be whoever, <laughs> however you want to be. Because it's important to you. It doesn't matter to anyone else. and definitely doesn't matter to God. God says, um, what was it? I put it on Facebook, and it was a quote. Can I remember in this moment of doing three things at once who the quote was from? Uh, but basically the the quote was, um, okay, I've, like, completely lost all of it. <laughs> it happens sometimes when I'm juggling too many things in my Brain. Um, okay, never mind. Moving right along. So duality is an Emma Curtis Hopkins. There is no duality. There cannot be any duality. There That's is probably no such true. thing as duality. Um, really. That's probably very from true. the spiritual yeah. perspective. Right. That's probably there's very nothing true. in order for there to be duality there would have to be something like there is no evil. There has to be something other than the oneness. Because if it you know, if we say God is love and God is good, then there is no evil. Now and there is no absence of God in any existence. There is there is no absence. There's no way within life, within creation, that there's an absence of God since God created it all. Duality is the same thing as opposites? There is opposites, though, right? No. There's no opposites. That's a human construct. Ah, see there? Okay, very good. So if I'm fully awake. So, right, there is no... Yeah, there, there are no opposite is a word that we have a concept that we have defined and a word that we have created. And a lot of things that we actually call opposites if we perceive an absence of something. So we say light and dark. Well light you can measure and you can you know, darkness is the ab- is not a thing in itself. It's the absence of light. So there's the a degree of light. But now here's an idea. With that is uh, so the awakened state can't have sort of dark, sort of light. Once light comes in, dark goes. I mean, there's light, and it doesn't. Dark never fights light. Right, right, right. It's right. just the degree or the amount of light expands. And fills up the space. Right. And darkness is just basically doesn't exist. But it doesn't go. No, you can only have this much light. I'm going to keep this these three feet of the room to to myself. I'm darkness, and I I'm going to have that. It doesn't right. do that. Right. It's the light filling up the space. So it's absence. There, there, but there is no absence of anything. But you know, we would say there's an absence of light instead of there is darkness. Darkness cannot prevail. Light would prevail. Light is the is that which which exists, which has been created. So if I'm in a fully awakened state, then I would be in a state of. Ooh, isn't that word enlightenment? Well, you're back to fully awakened. <laughs> I'm for, sticking with it now that I know Emma's on my side. Now that I know Emma's on my side. Well, I don't know that she is about that, but she is an absolutist in terms mm. of um, in terms of this idea of no duality. There's only God. 
So I so the I would say I'm not so sure that she would quote unquote be on your side for a couple of reasons. <laughs> Number one reason is because she does a whole chapter on there are no sides. Oh <laughs> there's Emma. There are no sides. You're so smart. Right? There are no sides. Anything that we create that we tell ourselves we have to make two sides, we're yes. creating duality. Right. And so 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 on that alone, <laughs> I don't think Emma's on your side. Um, but then also just from reading other parts of Emma, um, you know, I think her take on awaken is that we are always operating at the level of awakening that we are at. And and again, I think she would use awakening, not awakened. I think that's the, the key that, I mean, it hit me right away as we started talking. I was saying awakening and you were saying awakened. And, and it's like in that little bit, just changing the word ending, right, it, for me, changes the perspective about it. And, and, and both of them have a, a way of them being positioned. So it's like, yeah, if I stepped into it as a past tense, as a black or white, as a you are or you aren't, then I can I totally agree with everything you say. If I look at it with the ING ending as an never-ending process right. of being, a right. beingness instead of a, an alive or a dead, then it has a different perspective for me. Exactly right. And that is the ponderance. And that is why these conversations are so fun to have. Yes, I Because agree. it is significant. And look at how we think and how we talk and how we believe and what kind of... Uh, how that belief then becomes possible, because certainly nothing's possible until we can believe it. And how it plays out in our lives. I mean, that's one of the things that's really striking me in the moment that, yeah, I, I, and I love, I do love, and we talk about this a lot, how great it is for you and I to do the show and to have these conversations um, on a regular basis because it's so easy to slip into the way I see things, understand things, believe things, that's the way it is. Right. And then we get in conversations with other people and we don't even realize that we're missing each other in meaning. Right. Because we're interpreting it from, you know, the way I think about it or the way I frame it in my mind. And, and, you know, for for good or for bad, whatever, often you and I see it, you know, see things or, or language it just, a little, just differently yes. enough that it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to agree with that, but I get it. Right. I get that's another way to look at it. And and then it makes me stop and think again about, so am I really, am I saying what I really mean? Right. And can I change my language around that, or do I need to to reflect what I, what I'm really believing about it? And I think my language, I know, you know, in my life, I I can experience, and I'm I, I use the word deepening, and I use the word getting, you know, deeper and more awake, and I use all of that language, and I think I really conceive that, and and I. I really wish I could think back. I can think back to a couple of experiences 10, 15, 20 years ago where I was, you know, at that oneness, at that oneness where in one example everything just became light and and certainly that level doesn't change. It doesn't change from 20 years to now when I have the, that level of, of awakeness. And I absolutely use the language around deepening and I like to use the language around life's lessons and, you know, opportunities to get to the next level. And I do all, I, I use all that language and I, I think I believe that too, which is kind of strange. But but I do, I, do, I hold on to this idea that it, it is the all-in kind of thinking, that it is possible to stay in that state. 24, 23.55, 23 hours and 55 minutes out of the day. I just At believe it. I believe it. I believe it. Or six hours a day when you're asleep. I can't believe it, and it'll never happen. I have to keep believing it. 
Yeah, yeah, they're believing it. And if I'm, you know, if I'm awakening or awaken, if I'm in, you know, if I believe that as a possibility, does that, does that, um, does that give me a deeper sense of the human experience? Do I become more compassionate? Do I become more aware of people around me? Do I become, um, you know, I'm amazed just in political culture and cultural culture and, you know, again, I'll use the word silo. I haven't used that word ever before, now twice in one day. But, you know, we seem to be silo in how we, you know, act as human beings. And, and if I'm fully awakened, if I'm fully in my spiritual space, I can't help but understand that the fact that you don't have food to eat impacts me or the fact that I don't have a job impacts my neighbor. You know, there's this interconnectedness when I'm fully awake, when I see things as they are, the truth of as they are, the oneness, that seems to to bring in all sorts of, but a deepening of the human experience and a deepening understanding and in a way that I would respond to the human experience differently if I'm in an awakened state than if I'm sleeping. Ooh, so we can go around and I can judge all the people that are asleep because of how they're living, right? That, that would not be a very awakened behavior <laughs> if you are in judgment. All those, all those old... Uh, I'm sorry. They were, they I, were sleeping. I, I'm sorry. If you are awakened... <laughs> yes, the judgment That's part. True. You were doing really good until you Up said, until "Can moment, I judge right, all right, these?" Right, right. Does that give me permission? No. Right. Sadly, in sadly. fact, you wouldn't even be. Speaking I wouldn't even think of that word, would exactly. I? Exactly. Yeah, sadly, still asleep. But yeah, but I do think it does change our human experience when we're awake, and that and that is a good indicator for me in terms of how how awake and die how. See, now I can't even say the word anymore. Awakening, awakened. How I'm traveling on my path with how much compassion I'm having. How, how, how little judgment. You have, <laughs> you, cause you have an abundance of compassion. <laughs> and you have an abundance, often, not always, but often, an abundance of judgment as well. How <laughs> could that be? How can those two exist in the same place? Because you're awakening my to your full awareness. <laughs> I think my judgment is humor. <laughs> I think you take, yeah, <laughs> she doesn't agree. No. <laughs> I think both. I think you use humor to mask your judgment. <laughs> I think you use humor <laughs> that looks like judgment to be humorous. <laughs> But I have seen you use humor to mask your judgment. And I think that's a PhD kind of thing to do. That's a really that's kinda of fun. You are very good at it. <clears throat> there you and go. It's often quite entertaining. Quite, quite, quite. So is there a spiritual practice that we should uh, talk about here in our last five minutes or we keep talking about Leslie's judgment? Release judgment. <laughs> Oh, judgment. You Awaken know, to judgment. your own. To my own judgment. Judgment. Judgment's fears. Judgment's fear. Judgment's probably fear. Judgment is just judgment. Judgment's fear, I think. Judgment. judgment. You think so? Well, yeah, why would I judge if I wasn't if I was in full love state? I wouldn't judge. I wouldn't feel any need to judge. I mean, if I didn't fully know the truth because of who I am. they feel they need to be right. So I'm not, well, yeah, fear that I'm not good enough. Right. So it's a fear of... Of, of looking in the mirror kind of fear versus a fear of the other person. I make them bad because I'm not sure how good I am. Right. And so if they're bad or what they're doing is bad, um, then I feel superior to them. I feel better than them. Um, I feel like I know more than them. Because if I'm in the truth of who I am, I wouldn't have any uh, sense of judgment. It's fascinating. I, I haven't talked about the women at the Dallas County Women's Jail. That's okay. That I had, so we had a mental uh-huh. note. I was like, uh-huh. if we get down uh-huh. to two minutes, I was gonna say, she hasn't mentioned the women at the it. Dallas County Jail. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask her. Something's happened. Because it, there are 64 of them living together. And if you can only imagine 64 women living with no walls, no no privacy, 
and and they don't know each other, right? So they're in jail, they don't know each other, and there's this constant sense of uh, wanting to know, wanting everybody to like them, or not wanting to upset Sally Sue, or you know being so upset that Sally Sue said something bad about me to Francis, and now Francis has come and told me that Sally Sue doesn't like me. I have never seen Sally Sue before. In two to three months, I'll never see Sally Sue again. But the emotion that these women can go to being fearful or nervous or upset that Sally Sue doesn't like them or that Sally Sue's talking badly about them mm-hmm. is such an indication of how that human, my human experience, I mean, that's just like the height of, you know, it's not, it's not even like Sally, you're never going to see this person again and you're probably never going to want to, you know, revisit this time of your life in your mind. It's not, so, so, the importance that we put on what you, uh, what you think of me is so amazing. And the judgment that we give others to elevate ourselves, you know, I guess that's the reason I would judge, right, to make myself feel better, like you said, to yeah. make myself feel superior. So if I can judge Sally Sue and I say, oh, well, it's really fascinating, you know, there'll be like different layers of, Crimes people commit, oh, and yeah. somehow there's that hierarchy of you know my crime's not as bad as your That's crime right. kind of thing. I'm not and nearly so in as much judgment. trouble as you are. So that judgment is really so fascinating to watch, and I know I do that, and I, I think for me it's just you know it's a total sense of not being in line with the truth of who I am. Well, it's just simply happening that way so that you can relate to the women in the jail who you are there to serve. <laughs> Oh, practitioner wise one. That's right. That's right. My humanness. If you believe gives that, them, gives them exactly right. But you know, there is a lot of truth to that. Certainly, my human experience helps me be a better everything. You know, because I've in theory done some work. I've done some work, Tracy. I want just to point out that I have done some work. I am. You know, if you if you caught me ten years ago, you you wouldn't have even you wouldn't even known me. You wouldn't even known me. And so the spiritual practice to awakening is, go ahead, no, visioning, meditation, all the simple ones, Uh, the simple ones that I don't do. Right, all the simple ones that we avoid, (laughs) but if we did them, it would have a tremendous, tremendous impact, Um, and and I think it is that, that, um, I think, it's a spiritual practice to look in the mirror and to, and to check out your own commitment to how I'm actually living in the right. world. Right. You know, what am I doing every day? I think that's it's not just what you do in those quiet moments maybe when you are able to meditate. It's how do I talk to people? How do I um, learn more about myself? How am I growing from a spiritual foundation? How am I expressing my spiritual beliefs in my conversations with people I work with or meet strangers I meet? That's the thermometer for me. You know, mine is the road rage thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I do when somebody cuts me off is a reflection of how I am feeling spiritually and mentally. And, and you know, also just kind of like you, I think what you're talking about is that observer eye of being, you know, observing how I'm doing. It's such a powerful, powerful tool for me. And um, and to be, you know, on the lookout for God in other places. God around every me. place. Every place. All around me. All yeah. around me. So awakenings. Awakenings. I think that's awakenings. about it. For- we didn't talk about the movie Awakenings, but I wanted to, so we'll just gonna leave it at that. It was a movie. Okay, that's another show. <laughs> but next time we'll be talking about safety. So safety. I yeah. love it. So um have a great week. So glad you joined us for Say Yes to Spirit and um we'll see you the next time. <laughs>